welcome back to the American Israelite Newspaper Podcast, the Let There Be Light Podcast. And I'm one of your co-hosts. It's Netanel Ted Deutsch. And actually in the paper it says Natanel with an A that someone screwed up in the newsroom. But it's Netanel Ted Deutsch with an E. Netanel. Okay. Anyway, I'm one of your co-hosts. I hear some laughter in the background. <laughs> um, I'll just ignore that. Anyway, I'm here with my other co-host. I'm Julie Babs Bernson-Brook. There's no E, no S at the end of my name. And we have a special guest host with us today. Will you introduce yourself, please? I'm Sherry Goren-Slavin with no known nicknames, although <laughs> given how long I've done this in this community, <laughs> I'm guessing there are some real good ones out there. <laughs> so we, can't, we can't say them on the air, though. Right. <laughs> well... Um, we could, but we'd have to like. We'd zap have to it remember what we call our yeah. dear Bella. So, in the meantime, you got we got to you through our friend of the podcast, Pam Geller. You are one of the leaders in our community for a, an organization uh, called Leaders in Light, as well as you worked with Beyond Civility and you're a mediation attorney. And we're going to get into all that in the podcast. But today is Wednesday, May 11th. It is the 10th of ER, 5782, and I'd like to begin by giving a Mishaberach. I don't know how to say it the right way, but we have Eddie Basson is not doing, he's wet, not well. His Hebrew name is Yitzhak Mordecai ben Fagel Ginsha, okay. and he was recently diagnosed with acute pulmonary arterial hypertension, and she, he's still in his 20s, so his parents have been asking for prayers throughout the community, and so, I thought we okay. would throw that out there. So when you go to synagogue or on you're this. on your own, and say a mishaberach for him. So during the services on Shabbos, there's a part when we, um, I think it's, uh, when we're taking the Torah back or bringing the Torah out, after the Torah goes back, you say, a, there's a pause, and we say a mishaberach, so everyone should keep, I know you don't, you're not going to remember his name, but just remember your, the thoughts in your mind to remember him. His name is Eddie Basson. Again, his Hebrew it, name is Yitzhak right. Mordechai ben Fagel right. uh, Gensha. And to think of him when you're saying your Mishaberach prayers, and um, all prayers help um, in, in many ways. They do, they do help. Yes, yes, Absolutely. So, um, I don't know what you guys did this weekend, but I had a fabulous, fabulous weekend. Um, on Saturday, we went to an event. It was called something like the Blue Birthday uh, Gig. It was Dr. Keith Melvin. He is a big advocate for un having people get educated in cancer and understanding and getting tested for cancer. And he usually has a black and white ball in the fall, but because of COVID, it's been canceled, but he turned 70, and they had a bash. Started at 9 o'clock. Barry and I were not sure we could last long enough, but we didn't want to leave. The music, the band, and, of course, then Sunday was Mother's Day, and it was a, a, just a fabulous weekend. How about you two? Anything on your agendas for the weekend that you did that was fun? I had a wonderful vacation with my daughter. It was She turned 40, and wow. we had a, week, a spa weekend together. Oh. She lives in Chicago, and so just being able to be with her was such a treat. Yeah. Well, of course, Chicago's near and dear to my heart. And Ted, how did you spend the weekend? Uh, gnashing my teeth over the fact that I was cutting the lawn on Friday, and I get about, I did the left section, and then there's a driveway, and I did the right section, and halfway through, the belt starts smoking, oh. and then pop. And so, uh, 
half of my lawn is cut and the other half in the front is not cut. So I've been telling people that this is the new look. Okay? <laughs> this is the new look in the neighborhood to do half your lawn and have the other half. And so I've been spending like all week now trying to get this belt and, and I'm waiting for a, actually for a call right now to come back from the repairs. Oh, they found the belt. It's like someplace. Well, uh, we have to ship it in and fix it. And then because they have to come pick it, you know, get it and fix it. And then, and I, it's been like, uh, uh, you know, one of those weeks, and I'm not. It's thinking, like when I take Bella back and forth to the vet. You yeah. take your mower in and out. <laughs> no, no, once no, I had a bunch of that stuff fixed, and it's it's fine. It's just now it needs a new belt, and uh, so I've actually been looking at a new electric lawnmower. Okay. Um, either a riding type or a zero turn that when will have a steering wheel. They really, if you look, they're about the same price as the gas, the electric ones, and they do a really good job. And um, so I'm deciding whether to get an electric mower and it's, you know, going back and forth trying to fix my old mower. This has been like the mower mower weekend. For the so last do you year. listen to music while you're mowing? Do you put headphones on and listen? I do, but right now is the counting of the Omer. So you're not listening, not listening to, music. to music. I'm not, if you can see my hair, it's like getting really raggedy and, and scruffy looking and I don't cut my, there's a lot of guys um, don't, don't shave. But I'm clean shaven, but I have not got a haircut. I don't listen to music. But I do listen to, when I'm driving around, I listen to uh, books on tape, you know, books on CD, uh-huh. which I love. I love. Um, I was listening to this um, uh, SEAL Team 6 uh, memoirs of this one SEAL Team member, and it's fascinating. I mean, it, you, you know, it's, it's somewhat, you know. Militant. Uh, it is military. Um, he talks about training and what they did, and he was one of the guys that, I won't tell you some of his operations, yeah. but it's fascinating. It yeah. was just fascinating. You can't. It's like you turn it on, you just can't stop listening to it. It's like, what did he do next? What did he do? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. yeah, I listen to podcasts when I'm doing stuff around the house, but I also listen to music, and that's what's on our front page today. Yeah. How did a Jewish kid from New Jersey end up playing all-time bluegrass? So this has to do with the Hazak programming at Northern Hills, and it sounds like it was this, this like past Wednesday. It sounds like it was really fun. You've got... A lot of fun people mm-hmm. that are making beautiful music up at Northern Hills. And this issue in particular, even though it's the Omer, there's a lot of stuff about music and, right. and festivals that are going on in our community. And we well, will so get into it further, but on the second page, it talks about the 10th anniversary. Wait, of, wait, wait. Oh. I wanna do, so I want to talk about, we'll just we'll give a shout out okay. to the Laurel the Laurel View Ramblers. This must be the street they live on. Mm. So Jeff Gushin, Jeff Custis, and Mike Bor- Borshig are the three uh, players, musicians. Musicians. Yeah. Okay, so even though it's, the, I guess, during right. the County of the Omar, you can still have celebrations, and on June 10th? That's, well, they, uh, that, that's, uh, so Shavuos is the weekend before. Oh, perfect. So it ends, the, the Shavuos is, uh, and actually, you're allowed to listen to music after the last, some people hold the entire 49 days. Mm-hmm. Some people hold that you can listen to uh, music after Lagba Omer. Lagba Omer, I think, is like next Thursday, the 18th or 19th. So okay. I, I, I do listen to music after Lagba Omer. And, you know, and one of the great things, I don't know if the two of you have noticed, but all of a sudden we're having parties and showers. And and, Every- <laughs> and when you get together, people, they're so – it used to be, and I said this in the past couple of years, I don't want to get dressed, I don't want to go out. All of a sudden, you want to get dressed, you want to go out. So there's other things in our community going on. For example, Valley Temple is dedicating a Torah, and that we know was started by Rabbi Solomon Greenberg. So this is going to be their fourth new Torah that they're getting. 
And we will hear more about Solomon Greenberg uh, in the From the Pages and his family. Right. Um, and below that is a article about a new one-time funding called Spark Innovation. Right. And a lot of great young organizations received funding from them, beginning with things like Ish and a lot of our, our great communities. And Ish is doing something with, um, it's called... Emerging Artists Social Justice Cohort, and I think that's pretty interesting. The Jewish Fertility Foundation got money from there. A Wexner through ISH is doing a preteen collaborative. There's a lot of new up-and-coming programs that are being supported by this initiative. So, again, something... Hats off to the Federation for creating this and, um, and uh, funding these funding new Funding these things. So your program, right. Sherry... Leaders in Light is coming through the JCRC. Give us a little background and tell us what is Leaders in Light and how it began. So Leaders in Light is a, it's a leadership program, so it's not misnamed. And the goal really is to recognize that um, leaders are being uh, constantly challenged by the, the need to um, lead at the time that they're being pushed towards extremism, that extremism is sort of all around us, and there's a, often a lack of information about anti-Semitism, understanding where anti-Semitism fits, and um, how it all fits together. So they're not all independent things. Extremism, anti-Semitism, the, the challenge to democracy, they're all part of one thing. And um, several years ago, Jackie Conjeda was working in the community and started seeing sort of patterns of working uh, with outreach with various members of the community and seeing a real rise in anti-Semitism and put together a half-day program at the uh, Cincinnati Union Terminal uh, that was tremendously successful and said, we could, this could be bigger. And so... Um, with the help of a lot of other folks in the community, created a program that um, focused on young leaders. And these leaders come from all over the community, from clergy, media, business, nonprofit, the arts. And they're not medical. all Jewish. Let's clarify mm, that they right. are not. In fact, there's just a minimal amount of Jewish. Yeah, most are not Jewish. So there are certainly are members of the cohort that are Jewish, but most are not. And it involved a nine-month program, half-day each month, and with an amazing level of speakers, national speakers, people who've just written books. They came to Cincinnati and then went to the Mercantile Library and did programs there. And so the idea is not only are people exposed to new ideas, they are connecting with each other in a really meaningful way, and then they are expected to actually become force multipliers. So they have projects um, that that are part of the requirement of being in the cohort, that they will go into the community and make a difference and take some of this learning in their own areas of expertise and, um, and connect in that way. So we had the opportunity to actually study this. So we actually had funding to have folks uh, talk to our cohort at the beginning and say, what do you know, how do you feel about all these issues, and during the middle and also the end. And so we're now at, we have our last program next week, and uh, we're working very hard on helping people think through their, uh, their projects, mm -hmm. and um, we will see where this goes. I think it has the potential to have national significance. So this is like their dissertation, and you, along with Ken Aldridge, the opinion editor of the Cincinnati Enquirer, are the facilitators 
the Institute Facilitators, and you have an incredible executive committee, beginning with Shaquille Ahmed, Ken Aldridge, Debbie Brandt, Brett Collar, Karen Cohn, Brendan Call, Bobby Fisher, Beverly Grant, and, oh, my God, Brian Jaffe, Jerry Kaufman, Gloria Lipson, Danielle Minson, Rana Graff, Schneider, you, John Stein, Eric Ward, Sarah Weiss, Nancy and David Wolf, Ashley Young, and Dr. Gary Zoll. That's quite an impressive executive committee. It was amazing. And, and not only did that executive committee have uh, some real input into uh, ensuring that we had a, a, an exemplary program, but when they call people in the community and say, this is, it's, it's new, you don't know what it is, but we think you should do it, people said yes. Yeah. And that made a difference. Who we had in the room made a huge difference on the success of the program. That's amazing. Now, on page four under local, uh, Congregation Shari Torah, as we mentioned, Shari. Celeb- Shari Torah is celebrating a milestone, a 10-year anniversary. Right. And I read through the article. I think every the article is really beautifully written. It talks about the congregation. One of the things I'm most impressed about that synagogue is the fact that uh, they're very respectful of women in the modern Orthodox community. And another thing that really caught my attention, which, again, brings me back to Leader in Light, they say that most of their congregants do volunteer work outside the right. Jewish community, that they participate outside the Jewish community. I'm really impressed with that. So you go there regularly, Ted. Give, yep. us, give us one of the things that really draws you to that congregation. Well, I go there. Um, I go to Gulf Manor. Uh, once in a while, a great while, I go to CZ. I go also walk up to Adith Israel. I don't know if there's one major thing. I mean, I like them all. And so uh, being the publisher of the Israel, I like to go to different places and say hello to people and talk to the readers and say hello to everybody. So I like them all. I, I wouldn't, you know, my mom was always taught me to be, um, you know, even Stephen, and I still am like, I, I listen to what she said. And I don't know if there's one I like better than the other. I, I like them all equally. Well, you like the one with the best kiddishes. Yes, I do. Yes, you prefer I do. a tasty kiddish. Yes, I do. So I if you want to impress. Now, there's some tasty kiddishes at, at Shari Torah, Tasty Kiddish is at Golf Manor, at Israel. You want to impress Ted, to invite yes. him for a Tasty Kiddish. Yes, I will be there. <laughs> yes, with an open mouth and a fork in my hand. Yes. <laughs> fork so, in my pocket. So, Sherry, I did a deep dive <laughs> into your background on Google. I can't figure out where you're from. Where were you born? <laughs> it's, it's a deep secret. Yeah, and where did you yeah. go to undergraduate? I couldn't find that either. So I am from Cleveland. Okay. Uh, well, that's why you're hiding it. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm, very, I'm actually very proud of Cleveland. My parents are still there, and my brother's still there, and family's there. And I came to Cincinnati to go to undergraduate school because I wanted to be in a city. Oh, and I wanted to in, get away. I was, yeah, well, right, that too. Right, yeah. And so, I, <laughs> it's only four hours away. It, it's the, it, it was actually yeah. the furthest state school. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> what? But I was really excited about being in a city. I was very in, uh, interested in going into politics. Uh huh. Um, at the time, I had done some work on uh, Howard Metzenbaum's campaign and some other some other folks. I assumed all cities were democratic because I knew about <laughs> Cleveland. I knew yeah. about Chicago. Did not do my research. Uh-huh. So, uh, did not well, go in. No, it's, it's, well, back <laughs> it's then, it was, that's right. It's, it's changed quite a bit. Now. It has, and uh, yeah, now is now could well, be my actually, moment, I was but about it's a little this late. The other day, where, whatever happened? Remember, Joel Hyatt was his like I son-in-law. Do. Sure. Whatever happened to Joel Hyatt? He lost. And he so. lost the, well the Metzenbaum race. Yeah. He ran against somebody for met his seat. Yeah. 
But he's still an attorney, obviously. Well, he I know that he had uh, one of the very early legal, uh, they were sort of clinics, they were, he right, franchised. Right, right, right. He right. franchised, right. and I don't know, I don't know. I what don't happened. seen those in a, we, in a while. We have not been in contact, so yeah, I yeah, do not yeah. know what, what happened to him. So yeah. you came down here, you went to undergraduate, and then you went to law school. I did, at and UC. I went, I did, I liked it here. And and, and you mar- and you met, you must have met Scott, because your husband Scott is also an attorney. Did you yep. meet him down here? I at, met him at the very beginning of law school. Okay. Mm-hmm. in his last year, I was. Was mm-hmm. in my first year, and we had many, many couples that that came out of these law classes that worked that way. And then, I can't figure out how many children you have. Okay, well then my <laughs> my Google must be really it's deep. really tight, it's very tight. That's good. I guess that I could say that I have people working on that, but I don't. <laughs> um, I have two children: a daughter, Courtney, who is in Chicago, and she has two children, and a son, Zach, who's in Minneapolis, and he also has two children. That okay. gives me. Four grandchildren. You are you much, win. Much knock us. Thank much you. Knock us Thank there. you. Well, that's wonderful. Right, Did anyone so. follow in you and your husband's footsteps to be attorneys? Uh, my daughter went to law school and then decided not to follow the the attorney path, and so she's a financial planner. My son is now in real estate. Okay. All right, so we need to do the calendar. Okay, so on the calendar. All right, a couple of corrections. A couple of corrections. Um, first of all, it's the same as last week. We have an issue with the Rockwern uh, Academy 70th anniversary celebration is at 6 o'clock at right. Alt Park. Right. And shared grief is at 2.30 at the Islamic Center. It says noon, but it's yes. 2.30. Um, the Sally Presend Lagbo Mayor um, opera- uh, event is on May 19th, and that is at 4 o'clock. You do need to RSVP at HUC for that. All right, so I wanted to mention Thursday, May 19th is Lagbo Omer. And then June 4th, 5th, and 6th is Shavuot. Okay. That's coming up. On page 6, you'll see our calendar of who's coming on our podcast. And then on page 7, there's an interesting article, and I want to clarify it. This is a JTA article. And it says to us that Jewish soldiers are buried under crosses around the world. A rabbi's nonprofit is changing that. So to be clear, this is not the same thing as the Mormons baptizing the Jews. This was actually done in mistake, right. but it was done, some of it was done to protect the soldiers while on their dog tags. So during World War II, a lot of do- uh, Jewish soldiers removed the right. H off their dog tags. See, they didn't want to be identified as Hebrew. Also during because so they, if they were captured right um, you don't want that and they would have been tortured or sent to the concentration camps or something something bad would have happened that's right so that was a good reason for them not to be identified as Jews also in the midst of a battle and a war and they're burying people mm-hmm. fast that sometimes they didn't have time to do their research so this was not done in a malicious sort of way it was right. all done by accident and so they're now going through and changing them. it's called Operation Bad. Benjamin, okay. which I thought at first was like, why would they pick Benjamin? It's become the euphemism for Jews. But actually, right. it's because the first person's name okay. was Benjamin that they started working on this for. So that's what it has to do with. Um, I think it's a wonderful thing. They're doing a lot of research. It's one person is researching all the soldiers to make sure that they're done. All right. So one thing I want to mention, if you look at the ad on page seven, we have a major announcement here in Cincinnati yeah, to talk about. pretty cool. So on Sunday, May 22nd, uh, pop, rock, and swing in tribute to Frank, Judy, and Elvis at Northern Hill Synagogue. And wait a minute. They're having a special guest. Wait, this this calls for two. Gene Simmons of KISS is coming to Cincinnati, Ohio, and it's going to be at Northern cool. Hill Synagogue. I'd like to know who got uh, Gene Simmons, you know. I, I can't. That's pretty, pretty cool. That's impressive. 
Maybe Rabbi Noah knows him, or it could have been uh, Jeff Basson. I have no idea. I That's have no, really it's impressive. It's pretty, pretty cool. But I'd like to meet Jim Simmons. Yeah. Just, I'd like him to come to the Israelite and hang out for a little bit. Well, we should see if we Maybe can Maybe he's going to be wearing that, you know, his costume where he's six. Yeah, he's just... Got the black, you know, he's got sticking. that long, yeah, yeah, you got to stick yeah, together. Yeah, okay. So, in the meantime, I unfortunately won't be able to unless it's raining because we have a block party. Also, I'd like to draw your attention to page nine. Um, the World Zionist Chairman is calling for Israel Memorial Day to also recognize all those victims of global anti Semitic terror. Now, right. I personally disagree with this. First right. of all, our Yum Hazikaron is for the soldiers, and I don't think adding other victims well, is appropriate. Soldiers, right, Israeli soldiers. Israeli I think soldiers. we should maybe have a sec- a third. Well, that would be our fourth holiday of the okay. Yums, one where we recognize the victims of okay. um, I, I, terrorist I, I, attacks. I, I, I'd vote for that. I would vote for that. So you'd have uh, from Yam Hashoah, Yam Hazikaron. Yam Hazma'ut, and then, and then yam, a yam something, something for the victims. Okay, that's I, I, mean, I, I, I can I can I'll agree with that. I think I think that's that's probably appropriate. It isn't um, you're not um, overextending, right? And that's because of our it's, soldiers, it's soldiers in Israel. It's, it's, it's respectful like, too. Right. It's respectful. My vote would be not another yam. I think you get okay. sort of yam yummed out. You get yum exhaustion. Yum exhaustion. <laughs> Okay, so two, four, and one against. <laughs> okay. All I right. don't want to argue against yeah, her, so. though. <laughs> all right, so page 10. Okay, in international news in Antwerp, and we all think this is very cool. In Antwerp, a Haredi Orthodox Jew overpowers and tackles his attacker. <laughs> so, Sherry, you had something to say. I said maybe we should start to get people dressed as Haredi, but you said something about the ownership of their power, and you, would you like to talk about that? Yeah, I think, the, the, I think Jews are, are stereotypically seen as being weak. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that someone has taken power and has fought back, I think is important. And I think that the community itself needs to own that, not anybody dressing up as somebody in the community. And in terms of <laughs> leaders, leaders in light and your work in beyond civility and as in mediation, right. you know, what, what can we learn from this example? And do, would this be something that you would discuss in your leaders in light about what happens when you are attacked? What right do we have uh. to physically attack back, and and the, was that something you would talk about in Leaders of Light? It isn't something that we, it would be generally part of one of our topics. I think our topics were, are more sort of, more in under Cerebral. Yeah, I think they are. They're more cerebral in, in understanding the whys underneath, understanding what causes. And we spent some real time talking about what this, looking at the person who's making that attack, who's mm. the attacker, why? Mm. Why is that person doing what they're doing? What leads that person mm. to extremism, to violence? Mm-hmm. And knowing and better understanding the why underneath, how do we then undo? Okay. And so we actually had a speaker from uh, Baltimore, Professor uh, Arie Kroglansky, who really talked in depth about understanding who becomes an extremist. And with him came a woman who had been involved in the Nazi movement mm. and who had left. And she talked about the movement and being in it and how she left. So we're, I think we're much more focused on not so much that person's actions as the why behind them. Okay. okay. And then to go further into this topic of 
when there is violence and what we should do. You know, one of the things they said during World War II is that we kind of like let ourselves be led like cattle. So do we maybe need to have another initiative where we talk about how we can physically protect ourselves? Because this is going on around the world now. Do we need well, a, a, some? Then you're getting, okay, so what you're at, then you're getting into if you own a gun and whether you're going to defend yourself with a gun or. How, yeah. What should we learn I mean, about these things? Do we is it time now that we start to also learn about defending ourselves physically? I mean, you know, you're getting into gun ownership. Not necessarily. Okay, there, is there a way to learn to defuse someone who's getting violent? Right. Or or something that you you need to pull that person off the ledge so that they don't attack you. Right, because there are scary things now going on. People feel. Like they have a right to be physical and to do things that are physical well, to other watch, people. Well, if you watch the news every night, I mean, it's, you know, somebody's shooting somebody every day of the week. Well, and although this is not, this right, and, well, and, and this is not a Jewish topic, but no, in the no. New York Times, they've really been concentrating on the story of the vo- voice coach who another woman just crossed the street and shoved her into the ground for no apparent reason. I mean, people seem to have a feeling that they can they can do things like this nowadays, and... I mean, the, there's something about being civil, right? Well, there, is, there certainly is an atmosphere where compromise is no longer seen as valid, where engaging in a really negative way is a way of engaging. Right, like and that's going to solve anything. And, you know, the worse. only thing I would say to some extent is as Jews, I would say we have a higher, you know, the calling of being able to, to, to recognize that um, we want to diffuse and mm-hmm. we want to do it, but not, w- not with violence. Right. And then you also talked a lot, you had an article, an opinion piece in the Cincinnati Inquirer, and there was a something that really caught my attention in there, and it was the difference between dislike and disdain, and that that's where you're seeing a lot of this this horribleness, this well, that's ugliness. Like cro- you're cro- let's say cr- you're crossing the line right. into violence from... Not violent. And well, even verbal uh, violence. Tell yeah. us, tell us, well, give I, us some background on that. You know, what we know is contempt is the, mm. the, the thing that is sort of the harbinger of, of um, the lack of humanity. When you can look at another person and not see them as a person and feel only contempt for them, then anything goes because the, the, they've lost their humanity. So s- let me ask you, so when you're at that crossover point, you know, that's probably what you guys are talking about. This, lead. What's the trigger? What's the, is there a trigger? I mean, it's just, I'm thinking right off the top of my head. Is there a trigger there? Or is there just, what, set, what's, what, what sets that person off from well, being, you know, over, going over that line? Well, if, if you're talking about what, what has, what has a, 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 a regular person go from being that person to being an extremist, to being mm-hmm. someone like that? Remember um, that movie that uh, Michael Douglas, uh, where he just went crazy that one day? You remember? Do you remember? Uh, this is like twenty years ago. This movie, he was like, um, he was just this normal guy that just goes crazy this one day, and then he goes and robs a bank, and then he goes and shoot. It's just, it was I don't like, remember that movie at you, all. You don't remember that? I, no. I will have to find. It's like it's really losing it. Yeah, he <laughs> did. He like lost. He just lost it. This it was just this really strange movie about. That. I'll, I'll 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 come back. I will find that out You'll, because I remember seeing that movie, 
And well, it was like he just crossed this line, just went crazy. Okay, so next week you come back with that name. But remember, <laughs> I have to also tell everyone, last week, remember, I couldn't remember the name of the football player that was that graduated from Sycamore that I met at the Jewish Hospital Gala. So his name is Michael Matthews, and he graduated from 2004 at Sycamore, and he played at the Philadelphia Eagles, and huh? he went to the Super Bowl. So I'm glad I remembered that just so now. So what year did good. the Eagles win the Super Bowl? It was oh. like 2008 or nine. I think they won the Super Bowl. I they who they, was I think their quarterback <laughs> was Nick Foles. I don't was, know, but I can't remember his quarterback. name. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it's only about because Carson Went was hurt, and they brought in this their backup quarterback, and he he played for like the rest like for like five six games, took him to Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl, and then after the day, then they traded him like the next year. And now that we you know diverted we're, from we're our we're topic, way off, we're way off. We're way, topic. Off topic. way off topic. Let's go to the social right, column on page thirteen because we have some very a very beautiful wedding. Aaron yep, Kipner yep, married yep. Micah Bonell, and he took her last name. Very very cool. And she also did the walls at Cafe Alma. She's done did yeah. the murals. She's an artist. They and they took a RV or a bus and they rebuilt it and they live in this bus and they live in a tiny in a tiny house bus sort of a thing. So it's pretty pretty cool. But, uh, Shira, you mentioned something that you really enjoyed that you saw on page 13 in the social column. Yeah, I, what, I, what I saw that I really loved is the diversity of that page. So that page really spoke to how much the community has changed, how much it's changing, and um, I appreciated your highlighting it. Yes. I, I, you can, I'm the publisher, editor well, of publisher. I, so we you, give you, you know, credit I, I will take credit for that. I thank you. Thank you. I was you, looking in you. the wrong direction, Ted. <laughs> thank you. I thank appreciate you for, that, you for highlighting you. it. Yes. <laughs> no, I think it's wonderful. Back, this is inclusion back. at its best. I would say this is our best inclusive page ever, ever, ever. In the meantime, we have lots of good pictures in the yes, centerfold of the Israelite, all in color, of some wonderful events, Purim. And well, wait a minute. The Golf Manor Family Hamantosh Bake, which which was from March 10th. And then the Adith Israel Purim Palooza on I, March 13th. I actually went to that. And it was, I was taking this to take these photos. And there was a lot of fun things. And if you look at the one, there's actually, there's, uh, there's some of my friends. There's, there's Dr. Zipkin. There's the rabbi down the bottom right. And then um, there was the toilet toss. <laughs> but if you look at that, there's, that's Rabbi Drew Kaplan, Andrew Kaplan. In the middle, on about halfway down, and that's Zach Lempert, and he had a toilet toss into the toilet. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! <laughs> it was disgusting. It was a clean toilet, though. Oh, that's good. It was like Probably a like used. a uh, what you would call it a, um, a like display. a cornhole. No, no, oh, like a cornhole, cornhole throw, game. They throw it in. It's very clever. It Some was, people are just so creative. It was pretty. It was pretty creative. Um, now, on page eighteen, on our letters to the editor, there was an article that really caught my attention. And it's regarding why a right-wing social media account founder's Jewish identity was fair game. And it starts out telling the story about Daniel Burroughs, who was a Jewish man who joined the Ku Klux Klan, and he was outed by the author of an article. And as a result, this becomes a case study for most journalists going to school because the question is whether or not... So he said to the journalist who was interviewing him, are you going to tell everyone I'm Jewish? You're going to print that. Yeah, and the guy said, I'm, I'm going to print it. And as a result, he killed himself. Um, and so that becomes a lesson in journalism. In the meantime, there is an Orthodox Jewish woman, and she's running a website called The, La- the Libs of TikTok. So you just, Haya, Haya Rachik. 
And she was interviewed because they did some deep Google, and she was not so hidden in Google, and they did a deep Google search, and they found that she was an Orthodox Jewish woman, and she was outed. And um, the question is whether or not what her Jewish identity has to do with this at all, but it is who she is, and how, how, whether or not this was the appropriate way for this journalist to handle it. I feel it is. I feel if you're going to be out there and you're going to write something, you're free game. If your opinions are out there, you shouldn't hide behind something. All right. So as the publisher of the American Israelite, the oldest Jewish newspaper in America, I'd have to think about that. <laughs> well, I'd, have to, I'd have to deliberate on whether to put them in the paper or not. I just I have to think about that. It and Sherry, what is uh, your yeah, opinion? I have very mixed feelings. I think it's mm-hmm. case by case. And I also, to me, it goes to the core of is, is it relevant and why is it relevant? Mm-hmm. And I remember when my kids were little and we talked about race and I would say, nev- you never describe someone by their race unless it's relevant to what you're describing. Hmm. I mean, if, you're, if, if, if somebody's running from the police and you're trying to give a description, it's relevant. If you're talking about someone having nothing, you know, you're talking about I just met this nice person – why is it relevant to tell me what race that person is? Okay. So, so I, I, again, I, I, th- I think that the label, I just have a hard time understanding the relevance. Okay, so, and we have a fourth opinion that's actually written in this article. It says, the same trend um, all outside of the orthodoxy is what's going on within the orthodoxy. And this person who goes by the name Evil Canadal, obviously he's Jewish, says that the fact that Chaya Rachik is an Orthodox Jewish woman is 100% relevant to this story, said this writer. The rapid radicalization of Orthodox communities in recent years is dark and twisted. And that we, if we're going to talk about the white supremacists, then we need to talk about our own as well. And I don't, I, so you I, can disagree, right? I'm going to disagree with that because I am in the Orthodox. I, 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 mean, I know people that are... Uh, really, really religious, you know, and then I know people that are modern Orthodox that are, you know, just as religious, but they're more nuanced in their religious. Um, well, she has 845,000 followers, and if she's giving false information and poking well, a bear... A, okay, if you're giving false information, and that's, I believe, in honesty above anything else, but... Um, Some of the stuff I don't, she's what saying if something is... bad happens to her because of this happening? That's, that's, that's... Then... You have to think about what caused that, and that's not good either. Right. That's very true. But when she makes a decision to poke the bear yes. and to give false information that she's not properly researching, of course, her safety is paramount right. as a human. But at the same time, she needs to take ownership of what she's so, doing. And I, would st- and I would say if she's calling people out on their religion, if she's criticizing people as Jews and she's doing that, then her Judaism is relevant. To me, if it is that she just happens to be way on the right, and that's not enough reason to to need to call her out based on her religion because it's just perpetrating what we all think is wrong. But we could call her out and not use her religion, too. Absolutely, you could call (coughs) her out. The the issue here is do you need to call her out as a A Jew? Jew. Okay. Okay. All right, so I want to say one thing, and that's there's a correction on page 18 and the correct spelling of my name is Netanel, Netanel, N-E-T-A-N-E-L, N-E-T-A-N-E-L, Netanel Ted Doyle. And that is at the bottom of page 18. <coughs> Thank at you. The that will be running next week, correct. So in the meantime, um, speaking of talk about the Parsha. behavior, 
The Shabbat Shalom Parsha Emor, Leviticus 21 to 1 to 24, 23, is about the follow the season following Passover and the counting of the Omer. And something that I learned this week completely new that I did not know. Of course, we have 49 days of the Omer, of which are divided into seven weeks. I did not know that there is a sefer, an emanation or an attribute to each of the seven weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. That each one has, and there are things like love is the first week. Okay. The second is might. The third is beauty, victory, acknowledgement, uh, foundation, and then the uh, kingdom. And it's all about becoming a better person during these 49 days. And maybe this is something that everyone who does this poking of the beer, whatever side you're from, should think about. When they, you know, maybe they yeah, should start participating. And well, you also okay. So when you, you leave Passover or leave, we leave Egypt, and it's forty nine days, seven weeks until we get the Torah. Right. So what he's pointing out is during those seven weeks leading up to when you get the Torah, it's it's every week is a revelation, and then there's a major revelation. We get to uh, the receiving of the Torah, which is like. Um, you know, the, the supreme the thing. The highest that, thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like leading up to that. And we're sort lead. of, a, and the reason you're not cutting your hair is because we're sort of in a period I'm of mourning. I'm not cutting my hair. No. Yes. Yeah. We're in a period of mourning between Passover and. Um, yeah, I can't wait to give a, my, uh, get a haircut because I'm just, I'm just really scruffy and. and, 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 and you scruffy. look fine, Ted. I know. But I don't we feel can, You know, you got you, you get a man ponytail or what do they call I'm those, not getting, a man no, bun? No, see, I'm not. I, I see guys that my age with those things. And I just want, I just, no, I'm, if I ever get one of those, just, just kill me now. Okay? Just kill me now. I'm not getting one of those ponytail deals. That's like, do you think, would Barry get one of those? No. Yeah, he's asked about a tattoo. I said, I don't know. I don't like needles. I wouldn't want a tattoo. So Perry's yeah. going to get a no, tattoo. No, he wants to like, get and, a tattoo. And would Scott, no. Scott get a, 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 a ponytail? I don't see that in the, in yes, the near future. Yes, you mean. I don't know. Barry's not an earring long hair. I did, he did grow a beard when he wasn't feeling well. You know, he did grow a beard, but... <laughs> That was just for that period of time. I didn't yeah, see him at Costco that week when he was growing the beard. I didn't know that. So yeah. I'll probably see him at Costco later when I, you know, I he'll, he'll sure. be out there yes. Costco checking stuff out like I am. Yes. yes. We need All toothpaste right. and we need batteries. Toothpaste. Okay. So we get to page 20 <laughs> from the pages, our favorite page. Uh, each week, the American Israelite will print one milestone related to the history of the Cincinnati Jewish community over the past last 200 years provided by the Cincinnati Jewish Bicentennial Committee. Each milestone weaves Jewish history within the greater context of our community's development and our country at large. So this is from 1925. Philip M. Myers, a prominent UC football hero, organizes Fashion Frocks, a pioneering enterprise that sells products door-to-door. In the early 1950s, Fashion Frocks become, became, it should be became, became, it says become, became, there's an A missing, became one of the first businesses in Cincinnati to integrate its workforce by training and hiring three black women for its workforce. So Phil, there's two Philip Myers. There's right. senior yeah, and yeah. there's junior. Yeah. Um, and the senior was the one that started the fashion frocks. He was the football player. He actually employed 50,000 women at the height of oh fashion frocks. He felt that one of his quotes was that women were more honest, and that was in the New York Times. He felt that women were better sales 
with people because yeah. they were more honest. But between him and his son, they actually did a they so Phil they Myers, built a Phil business. Myers Jr. Right. They built this business and then they turned around and they gave back what they earned. I mean, it was a billion dollar business. They had three hmm. plants. One was in Camp Washington. Wow. Um and as I they they employed something like fifteen hundred uh sewers. They employed minorities. Um but they were responsible for the Jewish Center, for the Jewish oh, yeah, Hospital, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, for Williamsburg Development between they, well, the two they of them. The, they built Williams. I think yeah. junior. I don't know if a senior or junior built Williamsburg. That's still standing to this day in Wyoming. It had, the Fashion Frax had over a million regular customers, and how they did it is. Women would go door to door, men, mostly it was women, and they had little cards, and on the card was a picture of your dress that you would possibly get and the fabric sample, and on the back, it talked about the measurements and what you need. It was a very cool process. So my uncle Jerry, Jerry Winston, that's the father of my uh, cousin Eddie, I think he worked for Fashion Frocks, and I know, I think Bob Bax, Mr. Bax worked for Fashion Frocks, so they were in doing something with them. Yeah. Uh, this is years ago. And we've talked about their, their names in the Israelite a lot for through the years. Yep, yep. I'm a, well, Phil Myers Jr., I remember, because he used to live on, I think, on Rose Hill, mm-hmm. and I lived on Lenox Place right across the street. There was a, Rose Hill was on one side of the Belvedere, and we were on the south side of the Belvedere. And he used to give me rides in this. He had a, I believe, like a, I remember riding, he had a Porsche Targa. Wow. And I remember getting a ride from him going to Rockdale uh, Temple Sin- uh, Sunday School when I was a kid. And I just loved that car. It was like so driving around this thing and, you know, it was really fast and, and uh, it was, it was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Back in the day. Yeah. So 125 years ago, you were really excited about the matrimonial. <laughs> All right. So I have to read this. I'll read this. All right. This is from, is that from 1897? Uh-huh. Yeah, it must have been. All right. So matrimonial, just there's an ad in, in the paper. Widower with two children, school age, in business in small city, would like to correspond with Jewish lady, middle age, best of references given, <laughs> answers, cons- answers considered strictly confidential. Okay, so like, what do you think the references are? Well, like his good, former lovers, you know? No, like, what are the... What are the- okay, so address... <laughs> <laughs> address SD. He cleans up after himself. He puts it. He hangs his towels. Well, let's up. hope he, he doesn't leave uh, underwear on the floor uh, and socks. Uh, address SD. What, is that South Dakota or no? It must just be SD? his initials. Okay. Care of the American. Care of the American Israelite. That was. We all got a kick out of that one. Yeah, all right. You want to do seventy-five years ago? So seventy-five years ago, I wish that she hadn't left. But our Julia Olson was giving us the whole rundown on yeah. Nelson Glick. Right. Um, uh, he, I was completely wrong on what I thought about him. But I'm just going to read her editor's note. Doctor Glick surveys of the Transjordan region are still useful to archaeologists today, indicating his long-standing impact on the scholarly scholarly community. So, you know, his son still practices at uh, UC during research. I went and saw him when my dad died over triglycerides. Okay. And then his his wife wife was a doctor. Yeah. Well, no. Barbara used to run the the AJC. Right, right. And then his uh, Dr. Glick's, Nelson Glick's wife was a doctor in town. Okay, okay. Um, So, a very prominent, and according... To Julia, he was on New York Times. He was like the he Indiana was, Jones. He you was. Said. He was the Indiana Jones of his day, and uh, he was, you know, he was an archaeologist. So he's digging stuff up and finding things. And he, she said he found uh, was it Solomon's Solomon's mines. Solomon's mines. Yeah. yeah. 
Fascinating. So, under 75 years ago, again, the May 8, 1947 issue, uh, Cincinnati social and personal Dr. Martin Abraham is chairman of the Cincinnati Jewish Community's Annual Meeting right. to be held June 8th at the center. Presentation of the new swimming pool, a gift of the Myers family, will be made by Philip Myers, and that yep. must be Junior, so with acceptance by Sigmund M. Well, Cohen wait. on behalf of the center. We, I, don't, was, I don't know if that's Junior or Senior. We don't know. I would think that'd be Junior. Maybe, maybe. Mm. All right, so I want to do 50 years ago. Uh, this is very interesting because it's only been in existence 50 years now. So the former merger of AJA, which is the um, Association of Jewish Agencies, AJA and JWF, which is Jewish um, Welfare Fund, Welfare Fund, uh, into Jewish Federation of Cincinnati, will take place at the annual meeting on Thursday, June 8th. Formal merger into the Jewish Federation of Cincinnati of the Associated Jewish Agencies and Jewish Welfare Fund will be accomplished at the annual meeting of the three bodies scheduled for Thursday, June 8th at 8 p.m. at Adath Israel. And that's now the yeah. current federation. I can't believe we're almost into June. So um, of the Bas Mitzvahs and Bar Mitzvahs, did you have a Bas Mitzvah? I did. And, and do you remember your Torah portion and where you were at? And I Probably, I used to remember the first three lines, and it was a Haftorah. On a, it was it was back in the day. It was a long time ago. So <laughs> it was Friday night, okay, and it was not nearly as big a production as my brother's bar mitzvah. Is all I can tell you. Yeah. It, but now, it did was, you have a kiddish? I did have a kiddish, and the, the yeah, was, I didn't get not, invited to that kiddish. Was, well, let <laughs> me just tell you, it was at a conservative. It was the Heights Temple in Cleveland, and the kichel were very dry. So uh, my pa- my pickles, father, I love pickles. it wasn't from Davis fa- Bakery no, then. It was not from Davis Bakery. All right, so my family is from Cleveland, and they lived in Cleveland on uh, Euclid and also Derbyshire. And I have family buried there. I've actually been to the burial cemetery and all that and seen the family there. And one of our members is a is Cowan, C O W, which means there's Cohanes in the family. Yeah, and um, my. Aunt Raleigh's telling me about like the green. There was I know I've been there. Green, there's the green, green road, road synagogue. Yeah, I was and stuff the, like that. I was actually married at the green road. Okay. Synagogue. Oh and, wow. Um, um, they used I forget. I think it's called the temple. There was mm-hmm. some place yeah. called that the temple used, on. Which was the reforms. It was that the, was, was where they went. That would have been Silver's. Okay, Temple. that would have been the, yep. where they went. Yeah. So are you and Scott affiliated with the synagogue here in Cincinnati? We are. Uh, we, and we actually have been to almost every... We were roving Jews. Okay. Yeah. We've been no, to I, almost... Wandering belonged. Jews, yeah. I, I like, uh, we were yeah. roving or wandering. I th- we'd like roving, but yeah. we were... We've been to almost everyone, and yeah. we've landed at Rockdale, and we're really happy there. Okay. I grew up at Rockdale. My sister still goes to Rockdale. Yeah. My mom was a big Rockdale yep. uh, person. I grew up there, yeah. We yeah. started at Ohav, so we've been on a real <laughs> journey. I, I've, I've been through all those places too. <laughs> it's fun. No, I I like doing that. I like going to different places. Uh huh. Um, you like I, the kiddishes. Let's just be honest. Whoever. I just like going there. You know. All right. So you want to do uh, twenty five years yeah. ago? We're going to again mention Valley Temple. Right, so right. birth, Pamela and. Bradley Greenberg announced the birth of a daughter, Sophie Lee, on April 9th. Uh, grandparents are Bryna and Alan Schwartz, Harriet and Charles Edwards, and Rabbi Solomon and Sue Greenberg. Great grandparents are uh, Moraine. Moraine and David Werfel of Walnut Creek, California. Did you so say April 10th? April 10th. Yeah, okay. okay. April 10th. Um, so we know his brother. We know Sam, her right. younger brother, is in the Marines. We had a whole story uh-huh. in the Israelite about him. 
We know that Brad Greenberg is Judge Brad Greenberg, yes, a yes, very yes. well-respected. Uh, he is, and a graduate of Beyond Civility. Okay, I didn't realize that too. And um, and then he's another guy that I see at Costco. You see him? Yeah, he goes there too. And I've taken a yoga class from Sophie. She's a great yoga instructor. In the summer, I believe she's out at Sims on uh, Saturday mornings. So um, let's talk a little bit about how you switched from being a divorce attorney Mm -hmm. to a mediator, which, of course, helped you to develop all these skills that you brought to Leaders in Life and Beyond Civility. So tell us the process of how you switched and the difference between mediation and a divorce attorney. So I started uh, practicing law in 1979 and started doing family law, which I really liked, and I was a litigator. So what that means is I was in court all the time. And I... Uh, came to the conclusion with a lot of help that uh, there were no winners and losers in family law. There just aren't. It's not the same thing as criminal. It's not right. It's not like an auto accident. These are pe- people have to live with each other after. Mm-hmm. And I was really influenced by B. Larson. I was able to practice with her. Um, she's sort of an elder stateswoman in the city, mm-hmm. brilliant lawyer, and moved in the mediation um, field and I eventually in '87 said this is something I'm interested in and really what it is is the mediator is not an advocate so the huge difference is a lawyer has a responsibility to a client as an as an advocate to promote their their position mm-hmm. to persuade on their behalf that's what a lawyer does a mediator sits in the middle so a mediator has both people as their clients to help them reach an agreement. Um, ideally with them creating their own agreement and sometimes not as ideally with the mediator coming up with ideas to help them reach an agreement. And so in 87, I got that training and was very excited and said, I want to be a mediator. But nobody wanted me to mediate. Mm -hmm. So that was a problem. Lawyers were not all that excited about it. They weren't sending me work. My own clients would come to me and I'd say, how about mediation? And they'd say, no, we've heard about you. We want you to be our lawyer. So I couldn't get a business. And so I did a little mediation, but a lot of lawyering, although I started doing much, much less in the courtroom. Over time, what happened is, and I believe this to some extent is the feminization of the law. So what happened over time is a lot of lawyers started looking at alternatives to that tough, alter, uh, that tough litigation approach. And I got very involved in the early 90s in collaborative law. And that is a process in which lawyers will um, are well-trained in settlement advocacy, and they agree not to litigate. And in, ni- in, in 2015, I said, I've had enough. I just want to mediate. And there were enough lawyers that said, we see the value. The, the, the community finally caught up and said, we want a better divorce. We want a more civil divorce. We want to consciously uncouple. For the, you know, that's yeah. the term people yeah. use. And so I have a thriving mediation practice doing nothing but mediation, and I really enjoy it. And what happened is, as a result of that, I became a conflict junkie, really interested in how do you untangle, how do you unlock conflict, and how do you use communication skills in a way that really help you do that. And so I then moved into teaching, and then I moved into Beyond Civility, and now Leaders in Light, mm. and so they're kind of passions of mine. I love the work I do. 
um, now that COVID is rolling down, will Beyond Civility come back again? I don't think so. I think there was a lot of energy around it. Um, there are a lot of other organizations that have sort of picked that, um, that process up, that idea of how do you get, can you get the left and the right to, to talk to one another. So for those of our listeners that don't know what Beyond Civility, it was a, a group that got together that had programs about once a month, once every six weeks or so, and it was Democrats and re- Republicans coming together to be civil. Yeah, so it was It was a couple things. It was um, started by uh, B. Larson and Bob mm-hmm. Rack, two mediators, and a lot of other people that said this was back in maybe 2013, 2012, mm-hmm. so way before things went totally off the rails, um, to say we need to have more civility and how do we talk to one another. And it was a cohort. So there were each year there were two different cohorts. People were very much selected to be in it. To be to learn about these things, and um, it ended in about 2018, I think, 20 maybe 2019. It just sort of had run its course, I mm-hmm. think. So I don't, I don't see that coming back in that form again. So on to history, and today in Israeli history, right. um, on May 18th, by Eli Cohn is executed. So um, if you didn't watch the series The Spy, right. I, I think it was HBO. It could have been Netflix. It could have been Prime. It could have been Showtime. I got them all. Yep. But in the meantime, it was starring Sasha Baron Cohen, and it was a oh, reenactment. He was, he was the actor. He, he for was the, the actor. He was Eli Cohen. He was Eli Cohen. And my own mother tells me she remembers when they hung him. So he was a spy that was sent in by the Mossad of Israel into Syria. He was doing really well for a long time. And then he well, it says, is, yeah, he just won. Right, he made so one slight mistake, and he Eli got caught. Eli Cohen, right, uh, who had infiltrated the highest levels of Syrian society and government as businessman Kamel Amin Thabet was arrested in January while transmitting secrets to Israel on an illegal radio. Mm-hmm. He was sentenced to death in March. So that was January, February, March. Um, uh, Cohen's accomplishment included revealing the location of fortifications in the Golan Heights, vital intelligence in the June 1967 He saved war. a lot of Jewish lives, but he lost his own in the process. I mean, this is a real hero. Yep. So may is uh, Neshama and, get an aliyah. Right. All right. Uh, Chez Renee is our restaurant of the month. I've been there. It's it's absolutely delicious. They had an outdoor section last summer we went to. It was absolutely delicious. It's French food. La France. Um, we talk about deviled eggs by our fun foodie kosher. Yep. Um, and she talks about some knives. If you're having problems and you need a good knife, she's recommending these Rada knives from Rada Kitchen. Um, she has a great recipe on deviled eggs. She talks about, gives you all kinds of ideas on what you can do to improve on your cooking. I'll tell you how I make my hard-boiled eggs. I go to Kroger. They have these already pre-made hard-boiled eggs in a bag, and huh? they're perfect. Well, perfect. You have, to, you have to get the egg from the yolk, right? Oh. And then you mix it. And then you, well, uh, yeah, for the deviled eggs, but if you don't want to boil it, like, I can't seem to get boiled eggs without having a little trouble. I call Scott. Yeah. He knows how to do this. Okay. Scott, the chef. <laughs> on Arts and Entertainment, this is an amazing article. On right. page 25, the Grey's Anatomy writer falsely claimed to have lost a friend in the Tree of Life. I mean, that was just <laughs> one of her her many lies. She was a pathological liar. Um, she's a Jewish woman. Uh, it's a, it's just really incredible. I don't know if being Jewish has anything who, part of it, guy, but she's Jewish. Who was the guy that was in Seinfeld? Remember, he said, and he, he, he was like uh, the guy, and he said he had cancer. It was like in the early episodes. I don't know, but people have done that Remember to that? raise money and not had cancer, and they've gotten he caught. Was, 
And then, and then a couple like years later, he actually got cancer. Yeah, <laughs> that was on Seinfeld. All right, so we move on to obituary page. Um, unfortunately, a Jewish cyclist was killed in Brooklyn in a hit and run by a garbage truck. Um, and he was that an was architect. He was deciding between being a rabbi and an architect, and he chose to be an architect. But he was working on making multi-religious um, facilities. Mm. It was. It's, Sounds like quite a beautiful. It was thirty-five at yeah. twenty-three in the morning, and he was from Worcester, Massachusetts, which was both where Mr. Alan Weiner is from, and also Rabbi Thomas Shaw was also from Worcester. So a lot Worc- of connections I think it's to Worcester. Worcester, like, yeah, like Worcestershire. Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire sauce. All right. So death notices. Um, we will begin with uh, Barbara Nee Ullman Gurla, age sixty-five, May seventh, twenty twenty-two, six of a year, fifty-seven, eighty-two. She is the uh, sister of my. Step-sister-in-law's husband, Alan Allman, and um, and she will be missed. Uh, Stephen Mark Buckwald, uh, age 72, April 10, 2022, 19 Nissan, 57A2. So this is, um, so I grew up with a guy named Randy Buckwald who would, uh, uh, ran, uh, Randy Slavin would know, that he, we were all in uh, the Buck, uh, sorry, Randy Buckwald um, was, um, he was uh, in uh, Wanted Hill 76. Okay. This is his older brother. Okay. And uh, he went to Woodward from what I understand. He's, um, but I know the Buckwald family. And um, so uh, our condolences go out to them and um, may their memory be for, for a blessing. blessing. It's May 15th, down the bottom left. Right. So backing up. Sherry, you've met a lot of people, and you've had a lot of really interesting experiences. Who is your personal hero? <laughs> wow. That's a tough question to just throw at somebody. I sent it in the email with my list yeah. of questions. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you want to think about that and get it? Well, I have to do my bad joke of the week, and then you can get it. All right, I'll come, come back. All right, so <laughs> here's bad joke of the week. Let us, uh, wait a minute, I have to say, from the Encyclopedia of Jewish Humor from Biblical Times to the Modern Age, compiled and edited by Henry D. Spalding. Let us meditate quietly for a few sacred moments on the plight of Ruthie, the new bride. She was getting along wonderfully well in cooking school until she finally burned something. The cooking school. So um, I've had a couple of good fires in my kitchen when I was in college. So and when I was in college, the pizza arrived early. (laughs) So I stuck it in the oven in the box and turned the oven on. And we had a little fire there. And then I was trying to learn how to make French fries. And um, I was boiling the oil. I figured that's what you do. I threw in some potatoes and the oil splattered. Splattered. And so I took the hot burning oil off the oven and I thought, well, where am I going to put it? So I put it on the floor and the floor melted. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go back to my personal hero. Yes, yes, Because I think people have lots of personal heroes. So there's professional ones and there's personal ones. So I'll give you my professional one is, in fact, B. Larson. Okay. Okay. She really... Fair enough. Very good. She had such an influence in the kind of lawyer I became. Mm -hmm. And I think my personal one, honestly, is my mom. Okay. She had a tremendous influence, I think, in the person I became, which... Hopefully That's lovely. A good person. Especially following Mother's Day. Yeah. 
And yeah, yeah. So now you've lived in Cincinnati how many years? I came in 72, and, and it, it, I, I waited long enough, and the, I live in inside the city, which has now turned Democrat. I just, my timing was bad. So it's 50 years. You've been here 50 years. Yeah. So you've been and, here 50 and when, years. when Sally Priestland was right. 50 years ago. That's, that's absolutely. She got here right, you got here right when she was that's right. graduating. Right, that's right. And yeah. also we heard from Julia Olson that Nelson Glick only wanted to ordain Sally Priestland, but I guess he passed away a year before that in 71 so 50 years you've been here tell us your favorite cincinnati food (laughs) okay it's not chili (laughs) so but although i've learned to like chili (laughs) i love styling when i got when i came here i was a sort of a quasi vegetarian so i only i only ate the cheese (laughs) which was really not that great now they have beans and rice at all of them i know well again see things caught up right it wasn't that my timing has never been has never been great. I'm trying to think of what else is a Cincinnati food. Give me another one. You like mentioned graders, that you were really graders. thrilled to have Mark's bagels today. Yes, I was. Bagels. I haven't been there a long. T- I haven't been there in a long time, and I realized that I need to go back soon because I forgot how much I like them. And I would have to be graders. Okay. And I and I will say I love this city. Okay. I really do. I am the biggest Cincinnati cheerleader. I think it's a secret that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. But what a fabulous place to live and mm-hmm. raise children and. I'm, st- I'm so live, glad I Live and work. Live and, and live work, and work, too. For sure. Live, work, and play. For sure. That's our new motto here at the American Israelite. Let there be like podcast. Uh, what is it again? Uh, live, live, work, work and play. play. Okay, I almost forgot that well, one. Well, I have an exciting weekend coming up. My daughter-in-law, Jackie Serpico, is graduating from law school. Wonderful. Uh, last weekend, my niece graduated from uh, USC Social Work, with a man, and my other nephew graduated from med school. He's going to be a... A brain surgeon like Jethro Bodine. He's going down to University of Louisville, my, my nephew, Philip Ostro. Uh, this weekend also is the, I'm really looking forward to the Rockworn event on Sunday mm-hmm. because we, we love Rockworn. We are legacy members there. We really, really love Rockworn. Um, and what do you guys have planned for this weekend? Cutting the lawn with my You're gonna lawnmower. You're going to finish your lawnmower. Hopefully we'll get fixed by this weekend or at least first of next week so I can cut the lawn because my neighbors are like, Starting to look at me uh, askance. It's like having a half, half it, it your hair. Is, it is. It's like, you know, you're like the guy in the neighborhood with the, like, the, the meadow in his front yard. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Just being in the sunshine and more continuation of Scott's 70th birthday, which has now gone on for, I think, four weeks. Okay. So. See, I like, the, yeah, see I, like, I like that concept. I like the month of birthday. Not just the day or the week of birthday, the month of birthday. Well, see, I'm with him. Birthday, I'm with him. So mazel tov to him. I'm with him. Sure, it's wonderful. All mazel tov right, to so. him. So we want to wish everyone yep. a good week. A Shavua to. Yep. We want to thank you for the honor and pleasure. And we're so thrilled that Pam recommended you. We yep. really yeah. learned a lot today. I wish you well on that Leaders in Light. It sounds like a great program, and I think that you're really awesome offering a wonderful service for our community. Thank Thank you you. very much. Thanks. Thanks for coming.